and welcome back to another episode of Lost and Down. We are your hosts. I am Stephen Weed. He is Wally Lukashensky in person, back to back, like we're Drake. Before I toss it over to this city, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by Tabbies.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure you use promo code football for 20% off that order and free shipping. Wally, going back to back. I can't get rid of you, man. What kind of back to back? I think last week we were apart. Was it? The week before we were together, but it feels kind of back-to-back. If we're going every other in the off-season, it was like the every other kind of feel for you. My life is nothing without you, so it just, <laughs> it just feels like it was last week. But this is really the most exciting time of year for people like us. David will be back next week. Will be. He will be back. We promise you he is still on the on the pod. Yes, he is just on vacation right now. He is enjoying himself out west. Good for him. Sounds like uh, he's having a great time. But a few things before we get going. It not only is the opening week for the NFL, last week was the true open for college football. My boys, got it done against Notre Dame. I'm on got top the of the mascot world. making a making an appearance here early on. Hello. No, ma'am. You're it's up all right. over here. And Paul is the, the team mascot without a doubt here for loss of down. But what I wanted to get into is this like upcoming Saturday is the college football slate. Yeah, I'm as excited as I've ever been for it. Alabama, Texas, Tennessee at Pittsburgh, Washington State at Wisconsin, Kentucky at Florida, USC at Stanford, and Baylor at BYU all in one weekend. And then all that does is lead us perfectly into Sunday, which means the NFL is back. Football is back. The will to live is back until February. Well, we also have tomorrow. We got the Thursday night game, so don't sell, don't sell the Thursday night game too short between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. It is a blast. I'm not a big college guy, not nearly as big as you are, so I will watch it just to kind of get my fix, but I know that football is just right around the corner, so I am so excited. I've welcomed every day this morning or every day this week, look at my girlfriend and give her the countdown of how many days are till football, so I'm a little girl. And it's the season preview, Wally. It is. It is a season preview. Last thing before we get into some NFL news and eventually into the preview itself, yesterday the Chicago Bears put a proposal to the city where they have 326 acres of Arlington Park. I think it's pretty close to Chicago, but not exactly downtown. Gives them a chance where it sounds like they're going to offer up a mixed-use space. And by that, I mean this is going to be something that they – can generate revenue year round, not just 16, 17 weeks a year. And they're, so great they're barely news. doing that. There's no way they sell it every game. Maybe the Packers bears games, but my goodness, there's a lot of money being lost because no one wants to go see how horrible the Chicago bears are. I'm telling you though, we've seen how good these stadiums are and how cool they look in a big money city like Chicago. The idea of them not playing at soldier field, it gets me revved up. That is exciting that they could, I mean, you saw yeah. what that field looked like a month ago in preseason. Oh, yeah. What's it going to look like in November? So when you get an actual real nice field, you have money to put into it, a public space. I'm really excited. Bears fans have to be fired up, too. Yeah, you get, the, you get a nice new stadium to watch your team still be extremely horrible. Can't, but, can't help yourself. Got to get your shots. But in. when you get the dome, like you said, it that opens up the number one thing people are thinking about, Super Bowl location. Mm-hmm. Because we saw them go, go into the Meadowlands a few years ago, and it's like, you know what? That really wasn't that good. But now that you have the Dome team in there, that's the closest Detroit will actually ever see a Super Bowl. <laughs> they're going to have one in Minnesota. Then you're going to have 
Is, is Green Bay going to have a dome coming soon? I That's the last holdout. We talked about that last year where we just – if there's one place that doesn't or shouldn't have one is Lambeau. Uh, but with that being said, going back to what, what you were talking about, they're talking about this being a Final Four destination. Yep. This is not only going to be college football playoff, Super Bowls, concerts, other kind of things to that effect. Sorry, I'm getting a little rattled by – I know, and Paula's just kind of making her making her rounds here. Now, no, maybe they can get the Big Ten championship game out of Indy for once and move it over to Chicago. But that is a big if. You alluded to the college football playoff is expanding to twelve teams in the twenty twenty six season. How excited are you for that? Maybe Ohio State can finally get back in. Like they can finally get back in. See, this is the, the way I looked at it. Is this is a guarantee that Ohio State will be in the playoff yeah. for the next? what, probably nine out of 10 years, you'd imagine. Teams like Alabama, Georgia, I don't want to say teams like Oregon now out of, out of the Pac-12 after they got steamrolled this last weekend, but there are going to be five or six fixtures year in and year out. And then, yeah, you'll have your Cincinnati's come in, but that Georgia-Oregon game, I think, is going to be a precursor to what you're actually going to see these first-round playoff games look like. So you already said it. Not only do we have our week one picks, we got – who our division winners are going to be for this year. And we're bringing back by popular demand of just one person, the prop lock and drop it at least for one week. Cause Wally shat all over my dreams and didn't want to have it in here, but we'll see. We'll, I just we'll, acted we'll, like a, like a little baby back bitch. And then I got to put right back in the rundown. I mean, I shouldn't have complained about it because it takes me what five more minutes to prepare for prop lock and drop it. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Maybe if I hit all my picks, then it like becomes more popular for me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll keep it running as long as we can. You were hot at the end of the year. Not as hot as we were for the records. Let's get it. Let's get out the NFL news, get you the rapid news, and then get down to the real reason you guys are listening. Before we go over the news and rapid fire, this week's NFL news is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're Wally and I's age where it feels like there's college graduations, engagements, wedding pictures, baby pictures, you name it. feels like it's happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only place to go. Go check her out for yourself. Remember, that's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. So abbyturnerphoto.com. Check her out on her Instagram at Sawdad and Sapphire. Wally, NFL news, a little bit bleak leading up into the first week. So we had to scrounge a little bit, but we found some stuff here, unfortunately. Saints safety Marcus May was arrested last week after allegedly pointing a gun at a car full of juvenile girls in a road rage road rage incident. Coming a couple days right after they just traded CJ Gardner Johnson from their secondary. I want to say way different looking defense, but all of a sudden you're, you're down two starters within a calendar week. How are the Saints feeling? The thing that got me is that I had forgotten about Marcus May's DUI, that he is still waiting to actually get yep a hearing for to figure out if he is going to be suspended. So that was even before this incident. We're talking now about a team that only is going to have JT Gray, Daniel Sorensen and preseason standout, Justin Evans in that safety backfield to try to help out as well. I don't know what to make of this team. I thought they were kind of a fringe wild card before. And now all of a sudden, I don't really know if I've got them that high. I mean, the defense really needs to be good in that backfield and I don't see it right now. Yeah, not only was it a DUI, but damage to property in person, leaving the scene of a crash and careless driving. This was all just back in February, like you said. 
So that has been a hellacious last six or seven months for this guy. How he's still on an NFL roster, at least not facing suspension, is blowing my mind right now. Well, that's the thing. This uh, DUI, it was in February of 2021, and it's been pushed back several times the hearings already. It's set for November now, but we had we've seen this thing pushed back three months several times before. If you're a Saints fan, I almost want to just rip it off like a Band-Aid. If you can find a way to actually get him suspended and get it out of the way going in next year. And excuse my dog having the zoomies, but it just feels right having the raw approach of a podcast. And we just had nothing to do with her. So we wanted to show you the mascot. Hopefully she doesn't pull a, a Harold Landry over here because the Titan star pass rusher just tore his ACL expected to miss the 2022 season. What is the outlook on this defense? Now you have Landry outside of their outside of Kevin Bernard. You can argue their best defensive player not playing this year. You know I'm not high on Tennessee this year. I think they're going to fall off a cliff. As confident as I felt about them last year, I think they're going to take a massive step back. He led this team with 12 sacks last year in 2021, and now all of a sudden you're looking to Bud Dupree, who had an all-time bad year. You're going to be looking at an older guy in Danico Autry and Demarcus Walker to step up. I don't know how Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen are going to be able to make it work. They've got the work cut out for him. All I can say is good luck, and hopefully Harold Landry's back healthy next year. It's a very big blow for the unit. I mean, this is a guy who's coming off a career year in sacks with 12. The last three years, he's been 86, 94, and 90% of the defensive snaps. So this is a large, a large hole that Bud Dupree's not even going to fill half of. The Titans are screwed. Yeah, I mean, he was 10th in sacks last year in the league. And now you lose that. You're also going to have an offense that lost AJ Brown. They lose. I know it's Julio Jones, but the fact that it is Julio Jones, it yeah. does put that fear into corners, into safety's heads. And you lose those guys too. I just don't know how this team is expected to realistically win the AFC South. I don't think with Derrick Henry being back is going to be is going to mask all of the problems and deficiencies they have on defense right now, because yes, that defense was good played out of its mind during the absence of Derrick Henry. I just don't see, I don't see it flipping over and be like, well, we have Derrick Henry back now. So I, it's okay. Don't worry about the defense. And he got a pay ri uh, rise too. I want to say he got two more million dollars. He's now the leading running back by salary this year in the league. They'd need him to play like that. And the way he's been starting to get a little banged up the last few years, it makes you worried that if he's actually able to put the team on his back again. It's like running backs have short shelf life. And yeah, and something. it doesn't matter if they're 6'4 and 250 pounds. If you run them 30 times a game, their bodies are going to go to hell. Yeah, this one's going to be different. He's from, but he's from Alabama. It's okay. This one's going to be different. That is the mentality of every NFL GM ever when they sign a, or re-sign a running back. Just like that, we're out of the NFL news, baby. Sign the sirens. Sa sound the sirens. Sign, sign the sirens. It's happening. You can hear them anyways. Yeah, you heard, you heard that shit going off here. Cardinals corner Antonio Hamilton landed on the non-football injury list after burning his foot in a cooking accident, Wally. This is not only terrible. It reminds me, it's Major League bullshit. And when, by that, I mean this is Major League Baseball-esque. We see every year baseball players have the weirdest injuries in sports. Just for instance, this last 12 months time, Aroldis Chapman <laughs> got put on the IL for an infection from a new tattoo. Max Scherzer was bitten by his dog on his pitching hand. Archie Bradley fractured his arm as he fell over the railing to go to get into a fight. 
This is bizarre. I expected it to be the St. Louis Cardinals and not the Arizona Cardinals, Stephen. 40-year-old Jason Peters, he agreed to a deal with the Dallas Cowboys to be a part of their practice squad in the wake of Tyron Smith's injury that will keep him out to December. What do you make of this? It kind of weirded me out that you have a future Hall of Famer on the practice squad of a rival team that he grew up playing for. That's what kind of threw me off. What's worse, the the signing of Dallas or the fact that he was fly Eagles fly for so long and now he's kind of jumping ship over to the Cowboys who are ironically going to be worse than they're all they did was whoop his ass during his career. America's team. Yeah, not not my America's team. That's for damn sure. But you add a 40 year old left tackle to your practice squad who was going to be lined up to play eventually, inevitably to an offensive line that has just been piss poor these past two years. It's not a good sign. Mike McCarthy's grasping for straws as his exit is getting closer and closer as the weeks go by. I don't like the move at all. Let the man just go off into the sunset. I mean, kudos to him if he wants to still play. But my goodness, Dallas, your O-line somehow just got worse. Ryan Kerrigan, former Washington Redskins legend. Are we allowed to say that on here? You can bleep it out. You edited it. He is hired as the new commander's assistant D-line coach, Wally. I love this. First of all, big, big 10 guy, boiler up, Ryan Kerrigan. I have a fun stat for you, though. This is a team that last year was middle of the pack in sacks, where an interior defense lineman, Jonathan Allen, had the most on the team at nine. They need that edge rusher presence. This team had 15 guys with at least one sack, and we're still middle of the pack. Bringing in a guy like Ryan Kerrigan with Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, that is a few really, really powerful defensive minds. I would be excited to hopefully see an uptick from maybe a guy like Marcus Sweat. Before you toss it over to me, he is the all-time leader in tackle for losses in Washington football history with 119. I know it's in front of you, so don't look. What do you think the number of the second closest person is? I'm not sure. What is it? It's going to be Andrea Carter. With 52. So 52. a little fall off. Is what More I'm than double. I mean, Brian Arakpo was right there. I think at 52, 51 as well. His partner, who he spent most of his career with in Washington on the opposite side of the line, or I guess the opposite side of the linebacking core with, 119. That is ridiculous. Good for him. Like I said, Montez Sweat, that's the guy to look out for this year. If Jonathan Allen's going to do it, he needs a little help. Mike Kafka, Giants offensive coordinator, He's going to be calling the plays this next year, not rookie head coach Brian Dayball. Should Giants fans be nervous about this decision? Brian Dayball got the job because of his play calling and obviously what he was able to produce with Josh Allen and how he got better each year. Kafka's never been a full-time play caller. But yes, he has spent the last few seasons in Kansas City under Andy Reid, arguably the best play caller ever in NFL history. We don't have time to debate that. I'm sure we can uh, because Sean Payton's right next to him there. I've got to throw a little little shot there. Last five years, he has been a quality control for the offense. QB's coach from 18 to 21 and a passing coordinator from 2020 to 2021. So he has a nice steep drop-off from Pat Mahomes to Daniel Jones. But this, this guy's know how he's going to want this offense called. He surprisingly actually has the weapons or the pieces to make, a, make it a poor man's Kansas City offense potentially. It's ballsy, though. Dayball, you got the job because you were play calling. Why not do it? I got to cut you off, too. This is my pause for a second. It's it Also, as a head coach, 
if at any point he wants to call a play or at any point he wants to step in, he can do that. So when I first got nervous about this too, I took a second to reflect and I was kind of in the same spot where if things don't look good after a few weeks, then you can start getting a little frustrated with it. But for right now, be excited that there's kind of this like new lease on life in New York, it feels like. I don't think that offense will ever look good. The Steelers are retiring Franco Harris's number 32 on their December 24th matchup against the Raiders to celebrate the Immaculate Reception's 50th anniversary. How you doing over there, Wally? This was made to piss me off. Specifically, Wally. Lucas this was made to piss me off. You know Harvey Updike, the guy that poisoned the tumors trees down in Auburn, the yeah. Alabama fan. Allegedly. I, oh, I eventually confessed before he, I think he passed away. I'm not rooting for that, but that was, he was a funny guy. Anyways, he is one of my favorite quotes of all time. They asked him about it on that 30 for 30 documentary. And he goes, I just got too much bam on me. I just got too much bam on me. What is to stop someone that lives in Pennsylvania to go up? Because the day before, outside the Acrisure Stadium, they are going to have, I think, kind of like a, you would be better with this. The movie stars have those stars outside Hollywood. The Hollywood stars yeah. well you know what i'm talking on the ground there you go jesus Christ. They, they're gonna have something it sounds like on the ground similar where it's the exact spot that he caught the ball and they're doing it at the exact minute he caught the ball 50 years later what is to stop someone from that night at 3 a.m per se going up and spray painting raider nation for life on it because i don't think pittsburgh's pittsburgh and raiders are Filled with a bunch of hill jacks from Alabama. You're right. And that's why if it happens, nobody should come looking back to me because I, w- I will have a stone cold alibi. I'm just saying it'd be crazy if somebody were to do that. You could have said this off mic, not with Mike. No, I see. Yeah, I'm trying audio, to print the idea. Video. I'm trying to print the idea out there for other fans. Accessory. Fuck, I'm an accessory now. Let's just do it. No. It, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's move on to the season preview here. Let's go into our division winners, who we think, how we think the playoffs are going to pan out. Super Bowl winners, before we get into the week one spreads, music to my ears, hearing that. We're going to kick it off here in the AFC. AFC East, Wally, who you have taken? We're going to be keeping this short unless we're disagreeing, because if you guys want to go back and listen to our actual division previews, we'll give you more reasons in those why we're taking these teams but I imagine you're in the same boat as me. I'm taking the 13 and four Buffalo Bills, and I don't think it's ever in doubt. Yeah, it's Buffalo, and I think anyone that is going to give them a run for their money, it's going to be Miami. It's a, it's a boomer bust year for Miami in the sense of they're either going to take over the NFL world with the offense that they have, or they're just going to kind of be a couple steps underneath Buffalo. And they are the Super Bowl favorites as of right now. And literally since the day after the Super Bowl. So why am I going to change now? We're going to head to the South. I have the Indianapolis Colts winning that. As you can tell, at least this episode and the previous ones, we're not really too high on the Tennessee defense, let alone the whole Tennessee organization right now. What about you? Tennessee is not going to have a 500 record this year. And that means that likely the only team with one will be the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think they're going to have a perfect regular season. But like them, I do think that they are going to really win this without too much pushback this year. The North, 
I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals on here. They're riding high. We already know Deshaun's out for 11 games. Yeah, we don't know what Pittsburgh's going to look like. Is Lamar going to kind of replicate what he has been the last couple of years? I'm going to go with the sure thing right now. I'm taking Cincinnati. The AFC North and the AFC West are without a doubt the least confident divisions I'm picking a winner in. But I am going to go with the best quarterback in both of those. And for me, that's Joe Burrow. I know it's basically a contract here. It sounds like Lamar Jackson might be getting a deal done here before too long, but it kind of has this feeling that the Bengals are starting to figure out Baltimore. And if they can even split, I think it'll be too much to overcome for the Ravens. I'm also taking the who day Bengals from the jungle, from the jungle. You got it. And what was it? Paycor stadium, Paycor stadium. Paycor stadium. That'd my, be company, fun. my company literally just switched over to workday from Paycor. About a week and a half, two weeks from the name being changed. Well, yeah, they had to figure out where to get the money somehow. Oh, whatever. We got PGA events. That's, well, not directly, but you'll see the workday on it. My AFC West now. I want to take Vegas. I want to take the Raiders. I'm not going to. I'm going to ride with what we know. Everybody's picking against the Kansas City Chiefs. I will not be one of them. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I will take Patrick Mahomes until he shows me that it is possible for another team to win that division. I was so tempted to take the LA Chargers, but I kind of took a step back, went through the schedule again, which is going to screw me on what my predictions were here the last few weeks. No matter what I do, it's Kansas City on top. Maybe one game from the Chargers that's going to make it the difference. I like what they're doing. Pat Mahomes, it's hard to bet against Pat. He's the new, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. He's the new, new version of that. Wow. So we have the exact same four AFC division winners, I believe. Now, who do you have? We do, but who do you have as your three wild cards? This might this might be where it changes up. Mine's easy. I'm taking the Chargers because, like you, I think they're very capable of winning that division. I'm going to take the Raiders. I think they're going to be able to do enough with Josh McDaniels to hide the offensive line. And then I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens at 10-7. and seven. They're 10-6 and six entering that last week with the Bengals with the playoff spot already secure. So I'm not worried about them getting in either. Do you have the same three as I do? I have the Miami Dolphins. Ooh. Make, like I said, I think they're going to be next to the end of it. Oh, I've, I've, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I have been the hype. You're, you're the hype, man. I have been gassing them up. Those candy ass uniforms. You could argue that they have the best NFL apparel in the market. Their polos are fr- like old school or new school. Dolphin, fire, orange polo, teal polo, pastel prints is going to take them every time. Just say you like semi pro. That's all you had to say. Um, yeah, but they're a little bit different. Eh, kind of. That one's like a midnight teal. A midnight teal. Yeah, this one. It's a different teal. Yes, exactly. It's like uh, Parks and Rec when Tom Haverford has to change or pick between the six different black colors, but they all have different names and they're all slightly different. It's midnight black. This is jet black. This is really black. Yeah, exactly. You understand. So I got Miami. I got the Chargers coming out representing the West after getting snubbed last year. Or no, they they make it in? No, they didn't. Oh, the Chargers? Oh, that's so weird. Because the Las Vegas Raiders were tied with them with, what, about two, three seconds to go in overtime. Had they missed the field goal, they would have made the playoffs. But... Oh, that's right. Daniel Carlson made the kick. So they missed. Oh, my God. That's right. Ah, that sucks. But... I also have the Vegas Raiders making the playoffs as the number seven. I can take that. I can live with seven. I like that. So three of the four out of the West, AFC West, I have going into the playoffs here. So we have six of the seven same teams coming out of the AFC going into the playoffs. 
I for 10 seconds each, give me a reason why Miami is going to make it instead of Baltimore. They have a way more explosive offense. You don't you don't know what is coming out of that, and you kind of have an idea of what you can do with Lamar. Yes, Tua is going to be a little bit restraint, but we already know how to exactly restraint Lamar. This offense is going to open up Tua more and show him that he can actually be a passer, something Lamar can't be. Health. Lamar Jackson, rookie class. All three things, perfect key. They're going to give him maybe just enough to get past the hype train that is Miami. Is that di- dinner uh, Dinner on if Baltimore Baltimore makes it over Miami and vice versa? Yeah, actually, I'm good with that. Cool. If they both make it, we're fucked. Uh, we'll blame that one on Davis. We got the <laughs> NFC East that we're going to dive into. Start off with the shittiest division in all of football, the NFC East, where the Fly Eagles fly. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully bringing back the Kelly Greens here. I'm going to have them win this division. I've been on them. Uh, Dallas hasn't done anything this offseason and feels like Philadelphia's done everything right. You got to go with them. 100% agree. Mentioning the Kelly Greens, I know David loves them too. One of the best football jerseys in the entire, not only just NFL, but in football in general. To me, if you are a loyal listener, this should come as no surprise. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this and stay tuned for when we're talking about playoffs here in a couple minutes. Because I might just have them going a little far. I don't know. I might. Don't give away too much. The NFC South, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to win this. I don't see any other team that's that's going to force their hand to, to not win. New Orleans, maybe. They can still beat them all year, but I don't have them win the division. Tampa Bay, easily. If you could keep Marcus May from playing Grand Theft Auto in real life and not trading Chauncey Gardner-Johnson then perhaps the Saints could have been some opposition, especially with the interior line problems with Tampa Bay. But it doesn't matter. Tampa Bay, they're going to get it done. And another fun stat for you, I don't know why this is something that you get lost because you think of the seven Super Bowls, you think of the 13 AFC titles or appearances, that is. Tom Brady, if he wins this year, which I think is very likely he does, that will be his 19th division title. I think it's his last year, but if not, who knows? We could see a guy get the 20 in his 46th year on earth in the NFL. I can't say enough about this guy, but 100% agree with you. Tampa Bay, 12 and 5, they get it done. My division, the NFC North, I have the Vikings winning. Look at you and us, unbiased. Raiders not winning, Packers not winning. There's a difference. (laughs) <laughs> I'm unbiased. You just decide not to ever pick your team because you never have any hope. No, see, I'm a realist because I have my hope stripped away year after year. That's the difference. You have no hope. Exactly. You have no hope. So you always have to bet against them. So you're not more heartbroken. The fact that I was willing to say that they go 11 and six and get into the playoffs as a wild card is setting me up to get hurt because long, that's as high as I think I've ever had them. How long did you stand in the mirror saying that to yourself? Like, 11 is <clears throat> they're gonna do it. You're gonna get <clears throat> 11 and six. God damn it. Well, Wally, even man. when they 11 were, and six, even when they were 12 and four, should have won the division. What happened? Derek Carr's ankle exploded on Christmas Eve. Yeah, they, there's not a fit like the Browns, the Lions, they understand. But it, when you have these teams, it feels like it does not matter. Something will go wrong. It's how does it go wrong? When does it go wrong? But it will go wrong. Now let's yeah, let's Min- jump back. Minnesota wins. Minnesota's gonna win. They have the best offense in the division, they have the best weapons in the division. And now you're gonna bring in a guy who just won the Super Bowl with the LA Rams, who just made Cooper Cup 
have this ridiculous year that people are already projecting Justin Jefferson, or at least I saw one person, Michael Irvin, talking about how Justin Jefferson is going to break every single one of records Cooper Cup set last year. I find that as a stretch. I expect Justin Jefferson in that offense to have a great year. And Kirk Cousins, to help me with my QB pick that you guys all shat on, <laughs> I get to circle the wagon on this one here. I'm taking Minnesota to win the division. This is just a clever ploy on your part to get Thank me to you. gas up the Green Bay Packers. And guess what? I'll do it. I yeah. mentioned to you in an NFC North preview, everything seems to be quiet on the Packers front. Everyone seems to have sold all of their stock. It is, well, even if they win the NFC North again, they're just going to get disappointed in the first round because that has become kind of habit. Yep. No, that's not going to happen. And I'll tell you why. This is finally a team built kind of the old school mentality way. The defense should be really good. We're talking fringe elite. You're also getting two very big pieces back on your offensive line, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Yep. Without the spotted cow Kool-Aid, squeakiest cheese curds you can find, I'm buying all the stock. I'm going to be a part owner of this team by the end of the year because I even though they're going to struggle, they're going to struggle at points in a year where it's like, oh, my God, this team doesn't look great. I think they do enough to win the division. And when they get there, I think this year feels different. All the pressure's off. They are expected to not do well. I think that's right where they want to be. Green Bay Packers, NFC North champs, book it. Last but not least, we have the NFC West, where I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams to repeat. I don't want to get too much further into that. This team didn't lose anything. They only added Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson on their respective sides of the ball. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be filthy. Well, they lost Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth, that's the really only person I can think of. Well, and then Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller, what, they had him for eight games. Yes, he made, he had a good impact, but You're, yeah. they're, they're even printing money out there. They are not signing him to that contract. And they're probably going to get Odell Beckham because there have been reports that Sean McVay and the Rams organization have kept Odell Beckham's locker untouched. I mean, he was at his... McVay's wedding. Not a lot of players show up to coach's wedding. I think that says a I lot about where they are. That would be even better, actually. Yeah, and I think he was cool with it. He probably was cool with it because he understands that if you'd need a third weapon come November. Remember when you're at my wedding, eat my cake? Yeah, I need you for like eight games. Exactly. He's like, we'll bring your cake back. Only NFC division I am a little concerned about just because I really still like the San Francisco 49ers, even with Trey Lance out there. I'm going to go with the established quarterback, though. I'm not high on Kyler Murray, especially everything that happened this offseason. It felt like the guy did a lot of damage to his public image, at least from a locker room perspective. I'm going with Matt Stafford. I'm going with Aaron Donald, the helmet swinger that doesn't get in trouble for it. I'm going with Allen Robinson coming in. I think that is one of the most undercover acquisitions of the entire offseason. Guy's never played with an NFL quarterback. Now he's got Matt Stafford, who also understands what it's like to be out of a shithole. No offense to Detroit Lions fans out there. I love this team. I think Allen Robinson, and I'll get back to him later. Big, big things coming this year. 12 and 5. Man, I hope you're not referencing something because I'm going to be really upset. Oh, my God. Are you going to? No, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we will get there. We'll get there. Three uh who are your three wildcard teams for the NFC this year, Wally? 
San Francisco 49ers, I actually have them and the Rams going 12 and five with the Rams having a tiebreaker over them. That's how high I am on those two teams. I guess how low I am on Arizona and Seattle out West. I have Minnesota at 10 and seven, just missing Green Bay. I do think they're going to split with the Packers and Dallas 10 and seven as well. I'm not, I'm not very high on the prospect of the Saints and they were my other team. And especially with what just happened to Marcus May, I'm going to go with a Dallas team. I'm not really excited about either. It's just how thin the NFC is up top. Yeah. Green Bay. Cause I had Minnesota winning the division, but I have green Bay coming in as that number five seed in the wild card. I got San Francisco. So very right similar there. again. Exactly. We have, it doesn't matter. And you guys have heard me say time and time again, Yes, Trey Lance is starting quarterback. Yes, we have not seen him. But a lot of things on the field, on the field, on the film, whatever it may be. I think, he, I think he's had about 350 pass attempts since he's entered college of throwing a football. So it's a very limited scale that we're looking at. But it's Kyle Shanahan. It's hard to bet against Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I agree. He's getting right up in there. Well, we're both up there. I, I hate to go off script here a little, but. That's the point, baby. It is a point. You saw this week again. I think David actually shared it on our Twitter. Kyle Shanahan is kind of, you would imagine as his PR team is pushing out the idea, Lance isn't my guy. I didn't want him. That makes me worried that he looks really, really bad. Like in camp, really, really bad when the cameras aren't on. And he's almost preparing himself. Yep. For what might be a very disappointing year. If they go nine and eight and miss the playoffs, my jaw will be on the floor, but it sounds like he's almost prepping for it. Yeah. Almost like you're prepping for every time the later the Raiders lose. Yes, right? I will. I will do that too. If we lose to the chargers on Sunday, you will hear a very sad Wally on Monday night. Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan's pulling a Wally Lukashensky on this one. <laughs> Probably. And new Orleans is going to be my last wildcard team here. Okay. I like them. I just like them more than Dallas. I like what that defense is doing, even with Marcus May, out. Marcus May, CJ Gardner, Johnson. Now they also added Honey Badger. I like what they have offensively on that side of the ball. Something Dallas can't say confidently. Alvin Kamara, I take over Zeke. It's long as he's he's not suspended at some point this year. Yeah, that's that's the be, only that's, part that that's can screw be you next up. year. But yeah, you have, you have the wide receiver room, Michael Thomas, whatever he, whatever he can be. You got yeah, Jarvis Landry, you got Chris Olave, got some young receivers and a pretty solid O line, better than what Dallas is. That thing's going to push them over the top there in the week in the weak bottom part of the NFC. I honestly am not going to argue too much because I think Good. that Dallas or you New can. Orleans could be that team. It's just it doesn't matter which one it is because they don't have staying power in the playoffs. Not at all. Speaking of playoffs. 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 Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Damn, that was good. Let's get to Oh, yeah, I got that high-pitched, squeaky you voice. Did. I can do it really well. AFC Championship first. We're going to just do Championship Sunday, and then we're going to give you our Super Bowl Sunday pick. We'll be able to look back and laugh at ourselves here in a few weeks. So, sorry, I was looking at the TV. What quarterback? Diana Flores, member of Mexico's women flag football team. She looks very talented. AFC Championship. The Buffalo Bills will be traveling to Kansas City just like last year. This time, if the coin flip happens, it must go Josh Allen's way. Bills Mafia, they're going to the Super Bowl for the first time since the very early 90s. I'm going to go with Buffalo KC. Ooh, right. You need it. The re- the playoff rematch from this past year. Link wow, up we the- have been really eerily similar. Link up in the AFC championship game. 
Buffalo, there's so much hype. They've they've gotten better. They add, you know, you added a, a better second receiver in Jameson Crowder. You have the emergence of Gabe Davis, who popped off in that game last year. And if you don't remember, please go watch it. It was an amazing performance. And it's just so hard for me to pick against Buffalo. They've been knocking on the door here. Well, realistically knocking on the door. There's some teams right, like the Bengals. I wouldn't be surprised if I don't see the Bengals sniffing the AFC Championship game for the next five years. But Buffalo, I feel like they're just going to be a mainstay, regardless of how much of a gauntlet the West becomes, as well as Kansas City. These are going to be the matchups that we're going to, we will be seeing for years to come. Give me Buffalo and Kansas City. I will take Buffalo winning. I don't think it'll go to overtime. They've been waiting at that point in time. I've been waiting for that moment for over a year. Buffalo is going to be ready to knock, knock the piss out of them. I want to backtrack for just two seconds because you said something that I really hadn't made the connection at least too often yet because we have the Bengals out there. We have the Chargers with a young quarterback. Somebody is going to eventually step up with Patrick Mahomes and become that Peyton Manning, Tom Brady rivalry of this generation. Is it going to be Josh Allen? Is it going to be Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert? It's going to be one of them. And it sounds like you and I right now are leaning a little bit to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Just don't be surprised. So I literally, as we go into the NFC Championship game, I want to segue with this. I didn't pick the winner of either of these games. The gods did. I flipped the coin for both of them because that's how indecisive I was on who would win these games. And going into my NFC Championship game, I have Green Bay as the four seed going into Philadelphia, the three seed, and getting a win. I think that that is going to be an awesome matchup, that Philadelphia offensive line versus that front seven of the Green Bay Packers. And they're not going to be able to throw on Green Bay, you'd imagine, as long as they stay healthy. I think this is finally the year Green Bay gets over the hump. And if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, this isn't a negative thing at all. You are talking about a very young team with a very fun and well-built core getting to an NFC title game. I think that both of these teams have a lot to be excited for. I just think Green Bay gets over the edge because tails never fails. I'm not trusting Green Bay to even get to the NFC Championship game. You were the one that was just riding on – well, not not the one riding on it, but the first-round exit, second-round exit, something along those lines. I can see that happening again. Being my wild-card team, I have the NFC Championship game, the Los Angeles Rams at the Philadelphia Eagles. So we got Philly right. We just had two different teams representing the away team here. I like And I like the Rams to go on to win that, that rush offense – Versus that front seven of AKA Aaron Donald. Which will also mean that the home team isn't going to win the Super Bowl this year for the first time in three years after nobody had done it in 55. Football's crazy. But I want to ask you real quick going on Philadelphia being in the NFC title game, and also you have them hosting like I do, what kind of won you over? Because I felt like it was a. You thought I was like a little crazy thinking that Philly was going to go on this magical run. And now it seems like I'm kind of winning you over slowly, but surely. Just every, every day, every week, I just get, I inch closer Good to that. And I, I love Philly and it's not more or less of how much I love Philadelphia. It's how oh, much, yeah. I mean, Philadelphia is a shithole. How much do I trust the rest of the NFC? I don't really trust them that much. Yes. The Rams, the Rams are the scariest team in the NFC. That's because we just haven't seen Philadelphia play yet. And I think in a few weeks, that's going to, you know how like the media likes to turn it off. Oh, they start 2-0. and Well, they could be the 17th uh, 2-0 and team to start a season and go to the Super Bowl, yada, 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 whatever that bullshit is that they spew at you. 
I like them a lot to just kind of – I like their schedule to kind of cruise through there. I think that these other teams with being the one seed, they can kind of let them fight over each other and come to their house. The Tom Brady, gone. Uh, Then the only one you're really going to have to deal with is the Rams. I think it's going to be their biggest competition here. And then I think the experience and then just the overall of – just the history of being able to go back-to-back. I'm not betting against Aaron Donald. And by the way, if – yeah, Philadelphia, last time we were in the NFC Championship game, we went – Cool. Aaron Donald's going back to his home state for the opportunity to go to another Super Bowl. You don't think that he's going to be revved up for that? You know, that's an interesting point. I will just say that Philadelphia is built for postseason football. I know it's not 1997 anymore, but especially if our scenarios are right and they are hosting this game, it's going to be cold. It will probably be windy. This is a team that runs the ball. This is a team that has a very good defensive line. Very excited. But let's get into our Super Bowl pick, Super Bowl 57 this year. I then have Buffalo going to Green Bay. And I finally have the state of New York winning the Super Bowl. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I would feel really bad for you if this does happen. But at the end of the day, it'd be really cool to see Aaron Rodgers in another Super Bowl. I think this would be kind of another passing of the torch. Aaron Rodgers giving it to Josh Allen a little. 27 to 24. I think it would be an incredibly classic Super Bowl, but the Buffalo Bills get it done. I think I have a Super Bowl classic under my belt here, too. I have Buffalo winning 28 to 27. Oh, that'd be fun. Against the Los Angeles Rams. Now I'm going back and forth in my head if it was maybe a field goal just to add some more points here, just to just to kill time as Josh Allen goes down, leads a game-winning drive to win it. What I really want to do is the side of the ball that people are talking about the most in Buffalo is that defense and what they were able to do last year. And everyone was kind of questioning them. Are they actually a good team? Who have they played? They just lost to Jacksonville. Mac Jones just tore them up in that one game, or I guess they're the, the running game of the Patriots just tore them up when they were supposed to be so stout in the run game, yada, yada, yada. Them stopping a two point conversion for the Rams Ooh. to win <laughs> is where I want to kind of go on this. So I'm calling it right now. Buffalo 28 to 27, stopping the Rams at a two-point conversion to win it all. It also makes sense that Sean McVay would do that. It would make sense. It would also be like a 44-yard drive because the Buffalo Bills punter shanked one 14 yards because they didn't go into camp with a guy that wasn't a rapist as their punter. We're done. Let's get down to it, baby. What the hell's going on out here? We have our we have our division winners, our Super Bowl winners. But now it's for the week one previews. And, of course, Wally doesn't want to bring our bring our record up into mind. But I'm, I'm assuming, like, I think it was like 180 and, like, I have no idea how you have numbers. Along those lines. We, were, we were really hot. rough in September and about midway through October. And then we got white hot down the stretch. Yep. So we'll be keeping track this year. I have David, Steven, and Wally's records written down. David's not having picks this week. So we're going to have to go off of like percentage or units yes. up at the end of the year. Yep. I will be keeping track and each week I will be letting you guys know, but Steven, I'll let you get us kicked off here. Thursday night game, just tomorrow, the Buffalo bills in a super bowl preview. Yeah. You have it as a super bowl preview. I didn't even make that connection until right now. I know the bills, first and last game of the year, the bills travel to SoFi stadium as two and a half point favorites against the Los Angeles Rams or the over under set at 52 and a half. Wally, who are we taking in the opening game, bud? I am actually going to go with the Los Angeles Rams outright in this game. So I have them plus two and a half in money line as well. 
Usually the defense has an edge to start the year, but I don't think that's going to be the case this time around. With Allen Robinson being in there, I do think the Rams get kind of get off on the right foot, kind of start moving. Not to say that the, the Bills don't, but they've been being – everybody's picking them to win the Super Bowl this year. You and I just did it ourselves. I think that's going to kind of take a little bit to kind of work out again. You're going to see them start a little slow. That's why I have the Rams celebrating in front of 15,000 of their own on banner night to win 35-31 and sending all those 60-some-odd thousand Bills fans home sad. I saw that they had shipped over Labatt Blue and just like large crates <laughs> because they're just, they're just kidding, right? Because – no surprise. I don't think they have a little bat boo out there in California. <laughs> Any, anything that isn't Grey Goose Vodka, I don't think they're sipping on out there in L.A. <laughs> Give me the Rams money line. Give me the plus two and a half. Home and season opener. Super The Super Home. Bowl champs have only have only lost the opening game the following season like three times the last, you know, since like 2005. Sean McVay is 5-0 in his openers. And we have we've already talked about all the pieces they added. I'm, it's just oozing confidence more for me to pick them right now because yes, Buffalo they are ready to rock. I'm sure they were ready to play the second after that game ended there in Kansas City. I like that figure of speech. Always my favorite figure of speech. We're ready to strap them up, play another game right now. But you're going to LA where the Super Bowl champs are are being ringed, r- rung in. I guess even though they did just get their rings, but with just the energy that it's there. Aaron Donald's going to be ready to go looking for number two, but the Buffalo bills are 12 and five against the spread in the opening game since 2005. So that's where it's kind of scary, but I want to take it as the sixth. I have the Rams winning the game. Give me that plus two and a half, bud. Only game that kind of reminds me of that. Do you remember when new Orleans or not new Orleans, excuse me, when new England lost to the Kansas city chiefs on banner night, it was the day that I think Dave Portnoy had that Roger Goodell clown towel giveaway and it was the Tyreek Hill Patrick Mahomes coming out party that was the last time I believe a Super Bowl champion lost and they lost to a team that became a Super Bowl favorite perennially that could be what happens with the Buffalo Bills against the defending Super Bowl champs it's just something to keep an eye on just a numbers game and that and that's why I bring those numbers take them take them as you will Right. Oh, five and oh, Sean McVay's due for one. Oh, 12 and five. Well, uh, more times than not, the Buffalo Bills are covering that spread. Right. So it's hard for me to bet against a Super Bowl team that only got better in the offseason on ceremony night of the opening night of the NFL. Yes, I know it's going to be quiet in there because if you're 12, 15,000 odd fans, you're going to have for L.A., but it's rough to bet against. It is. But that is actually a good way to throw it into the Sunday slate. The first game we have is the AFC champion defending champs, I should say. The Cincinnati Bengals are hosting the Mitch Trubisky-led Pittsburgh Steelers. Might I also mention Mitch Trubisky? He's a captain of that team. So there's no way in hell Mike Tomlin is going to pull him in game one, even if they get shellacked like they did last year at then Paul Brown Stadium, now Paycor Stadium. I can't stop doing that. The spread is six and a half. Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to take it first? Yeah, I'll get in. I'll get in here since you're offering. There you, know, you go. I was going to take it. Six and a half, 44 and a half points total. I'm staying away from the total. I'm going to go with the six and a half with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me the Bengals money line. Divisional matchup to start off the year. And this is the this game people are planning for the most intense game. We don't know what the Steelers are going to look like. Joe Burrow's finally getting back onto the field. That offense is getting back on the field because you know that they've been ready to strap up since losing that Super Bowl game. 
But now you have the first look at the fingerprints that Brian Flores has put onto the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And I think that they'll, they'll be ready. They'll be ready to play and they'll be ready to surprise people. Don't forget, they beat the Buffalo Bills last year in game one in surprising fashion because of what that defense was able to do and putting the clamps on that Bills offense in the second half. I do like the Bengals to win. I like the Steelers to cover first game of the season. Always a lot of emotion. People play the hardest in the first game outside of the last game of the season. Give me the Steelers to cover, baby. I couldn't do it. I'm taking the Bengals to cover, and I'm taking money line. And you can see it written down here. I know I don't have it on the rundown, but I have the under as well. Okay. At the last minute when I started going through this and I started thinking about it, Trubisky's not getting pulled. I said that already. I think that both defenses are going to look very good in this game. So I have the Bengals winning 24 to 16. I think the Bengals really shed some of that unfortunate, uh, I guess, reputation of their culture in the past of being the team that's soft or being the team that rolls over. The fans aren't great. Pittsburgh would walk in there and really make it almost like a 50 50 environment. I don't believe that's it, like the case anymore. Joe Burrow and this team has the city excited, has the team on both sides of the ball excited. Seeing that brawl that Aaron Donald threw the double-handed uh, what helmet thing, yep. if you move past that, it really had me excited if I'm a Bengals fan to know that this team still is really fired up. They still want to be out there. They want to compete. They want to get back to a position like that. I am going to, again – Cincinnati minus six and a half money line in the under. I have it 24 to 16 final. Philadelphia minus three and a half going to Detroit, where the total is set at 48 and a half. Now, I saw yesterday Detroit sold out and are already selling standing room tickets for the first time since I believe it was 2018's Thanksgiving Day game. So for a non-Thanksgiving Day game, it's been since 2017. Okay, maybe so that was what be, it was. So including it, it's, you're probably right. Okay, that would probably be it. But that should tell you how excited the city of Detroit is right now. And it's pretty rare coming off of a three-win season and you didn't get a starting quarterback. That fans are this excited. They're hungry to get out and watch a team that I think Detroit would be thrilled if they go 7-10 and 10 or 8-9 and nine yeah. and feel like they're a step closer. That is the goal. The problem is it's the country's hype train versus the self-proclaimed hype train for me and the Philadelphia Eagles. And you best believe you know where I'm already going with this. The Eagles cover, they win 27 to 17. Get excited next week, Detroit. It ain't this one. Give me the Eagles minus three and a half. Their money line. I want to take the over on this. Now the Eagles got a new look offense. We'll see how AJ Brown is going to be utilized. Still got Devontae Smith there. Dallas Goddard. One of the most disrespected tight ends in the NFL. He's been having pretty solid seasons. I'm expecting him to blow up again here. And maybe the Seagulls offense will pick up with their new toys right where they left off last year and just averaging like 230 games or 230 yards per game on the ground. But now you have some new toys on the outside that you get to play with here a little bit. As much as I want to love the Lions and Goff's 5-0 record against the spread in season openers, I don't know if that secondary has enough as a singular person, let alone enough people or personnel to be able to combat that high-flying offense or what we're expecting it to be. Give me the Eagles minus three and a half money line. Give me the over as well. I think they're putting up 30-plus. Ooh, I like that. I will say this is going to be a lot of fun if you are a fan of the trenches like our podcast hit. 
This is a big boys podcast. David, Steven, and I, all big boys, all have a lot of love for offensive lines. This might be a game with the best two in the league in it. And you're having young rookies on the defensive lines that are going to test these guys, whether it be Jordan Davis or on the Lions side, you got Aiden Hutchinson. I'm going to be really excited to watch the battle in the trenches in this game. And I think that's where you're going to see a potentially a lot of points, like you said. Battle of the big boys. The Indianapolis Colts are eight and a half point favorites visiting, sorry, seven and a half point favorites. Had a little bit of an update. Visiting the Houston Texans with the over set at 45 and a half. Matt Ryan gets to ease himself into a nice season game in Houston. I have no trust in a Lovey Smith team. Houston Texans, not happening. I like that defense that Indy has on there. Davis Mills is going to have his hands full. Until proven otherwise, I'm not going to trust Houston outside of three or four games a year. This is not going to be one for me. Give me Indy minus seven and a half and their money line. I'm actually going to take Houston plus seven and a half, but I will take the Indianapolis money line. I think Davis Mills is going to keep this a lot closer than people think. And I also think that the the Colts aren't going to gel as fast as people want to believe that they will. I think they're, I told you before, I think they're going to win this division easily, but I think they're going to have hiccups along the way. And that includes this game. I think it's closer than people think, but I will take the Colts and Matt Ryan to get it done in his first start with the new team. Swami score a 26 to 20. Wow. I did this half blitzed and I'm just let my football heart tell me what the score was going to be. And that was what that one was 26 to 20. Okay. I don't know if that was two touchdowns and four field goals or some other disaster scoring department, but there you have it. I came up with that score. (laughs) Then the new Orleans saints, five and a half point favorites go to Atlanta where the total is 42 and a half. I, you can see what I wrote down here. Do you want to read what it says for the people? I can't read that shit. Fuck this gross game. <laughs> <laughs> this game is dog shit. It's terrible. I'm. A, it's a chore. If this isn't week one, you shouldn't be watching this. Thoughts and prayers, Evan Desker. That is not a shot at you personally, but this is going to be painful. I have the Saints winning 31 to 20, but it could be anything. I have them minus five and a half in the money line. I'm done with that game. How will how will New Orleans defense look like without those two starters? Is Jameis going to explode like he did last year? Oh, is Marcus Mariota going to throw it deep? Yeah, is Marcus Mariota going to throw it? The Cordero Patterson downfield. Yeah, sorry, I'm just you can't you can't tell me this Atlanta defense got better. You're going to bring in Marcus Mariota to run that offense that really wasn't that great in Tennessee. Don't think it's going to be that great in Atlanta. We'll see if score Daryl Patterson is going to have the same mojo that he did last year. You got a new weapon in Drake London. You got Kyle Pister going into his second year. But what have you done on the defensive side? And I think that New Orleans, based on how much confidence or the minimal confidence I have in that offense and those weapons, they're going to poise a problem for Atlanta, regardless if it is a, div- a divisional matchup. Give me New Orleans five and a half. Give me that money line. Fuck, this is a gross game, Wally. Red helmets, Falcons fans. That is what you have this year to be excited about. It's just a helmet and just pretend. Close your eyes for me. Let's do this together. It's 2024 and you have your starting quarterback. Desmond Ritter. You have Drake London. You have Kyle Pitts. You probably don't have Calvin Ridley, but you don't need him. We're on to the next. This is a this is how rebuilds go. Look to the future, enjoy the future because the presence blows. Present blows. I said presence. Yes. Well, your presence is a present, Wally. I appreciate you. Baltimore Ravens, six and a half point favorites. 
moved to seven and a half after Joe Flacco gets named starter against the while visiting the New York Jets. Flacco revenge game. If you guys follow us on Twitter, I have not shut up about it the last day. It is happening. This man's coming for blood. How can I not hop on the bandwagon? Joe's going to be testing out Zach Wilson's new toys. Zach's going to be testing out Joe's wife. CJ Uzma and Garrett Wilson are the new toys for the reference. Are the, the Ravens are still getting healthy. J.K. Dobbins isn't going to be here for a couple weeks. That was going to be week one. Lamar Jackson kind of spilled the beans here in a presser. So, yeah, hopefully we can get him here in the next couple weeks. Give me the Baltimore money line. Let's be clear here. I think the Ravens are going to win, but the emotion of Joe Flacco being back in Baltimore. Yes, that yes, Lamar's had an MVP, but what have they really done since Joe's left? No. He's still the, he's still the Super Bowl winning quarterback, not named Trent Dilfer in that organization right now. God, I hate Trent Dilfer so fucking much. Give me the Jets plus seven and a half. Give me the Baltimore's money line. I oh man, dude. I wanted to go with I know the Jets. I got I got you hyped. Well, you trust me, I literally I wrote it down again. Joe Flacco revenge game. Just kidding. I'm on Mike Whitewatch. I think that that's <laughs> where this could be by the second half. I'm very high on the under oh, because on this he, game. He, put, he throws 40 up on there and Joe needs the rest for the next for the next game. You yeah, said well. my presence was a present. That is what Baltimore is seeing when they see Joe Flacco on the other sideline. They're going to whip out the red carpet on the road in the Meadowlands. They're going to be like, dude, Joe, we love you so much. Our Super Bowl champion. And thank you because you were going to give us hope today that we can get back to those days when the Ravens defense looks like the Ravens of old. I have them winning this game 27 to 13. So I have Baltimore covering. I have that money line and I am high on the under of 44 and a half as well. New England traveling to Miami where they are three and a half point favorites. We'll start with you, Steven total is 46 and a half. What do you have here? Nothing positive is you want to talk about stories out of camp. Nothing positive. I've heard has been coming out of the new England Patriots camp. If it's Mac Jones really isn't making that second year leap. Matt Patricia is calling the offensive plays. Now we don't really know what the offensive plays play caller is right now. They also never really play that well in Miami, Tom Brady or not. They don't play that well in Miami. It's a little bit hotter of an area for a team that's all the way, you know, up in Massachusetts that it's a little bit cooler. Doesn't matter what time of the year, it's going to be a little bit cooler or not as hot. For some reason that that plays and has an effect on players when they go down there. Don't know how Tom Brady's still doing it, kicking ass down there in Tampa, but he eventually got over that. You mix that with having to chase a cheetah all day. You are screwed. We don't know what this offense is looking like. Yeah, we can get an idea. It's going to be some sort of a microcosm of what the San Francisco offense was. Nonetheless, we have not seen this offense run with this personnel I just don't think that New England's going to have the answer because defensively you've taken a step back with losing Stephon Gilmore last year. You lost J.C. Jackson. And, oh, no, Malcolm Butler's also out. Who He really doesn't do anything. But it's a system guy who's going to play well. Give me Miami minus three and a half. Give me their money line. Take the over. I think that this is going to be a blowout in Miami's favor. I'm calling wow. it right now. I think they're going to blow the doors off Mac Jones in that offense. I think that they – are in control throughout this game. I have the final score being 21-18, where like New England scores late, gets a two-point conversion, and Classic. that makes it un- – it's going to be one of those where if you're a Jets better, you're going to be – or Jets better, excuse me. If you are a Dolphins better, you're going to be sick to your stomach because you're like, I won this bet. I got robbed. Yep. That's kind of what I have the feeling here. I'm also taking the under. I, I think that the – Dolphins are going to struggle, and that's a large part due to Bill Belichick. I think that you're still going to see Tua slowly acclimate. 
if he's able to click, I think you're right. It could be a blowout. Bill Belichick is nine and 11 all time at Miami as New England's head coach outside of teams, perhaps like green Bay or San Francisco, like these uh, NFC teams, he probably played three, four times in his tenure on the road. I can't imagine that there's too many others that he has a losing record against. Only one he has a losing record too. Okay, there you go. And sure. Yeah, because I mean, his uh, winning percentage against AFC East teams is over 72%. And most of those losses are coming to the Miami. And most of those losses are coming in Miami. I think it happens again here. So again, that's under 46 and a half. But I am taking the Patriots plus three and a half grossly. But Miami, money line, 21-18. Let's get to what I think has some of the most juice. And it is the Cleveland Browns going against the Baker Mayfield led Carolina Panthers. It's at one and a half total is 41 and a half. Who do you have? I've been going back and forth on it all week. The last couple of weeks since, you know, since we knew that Baker was going to be the starter, we had this game circled. We already knew Baker was going to be the starter. Once he got traded, another revenge game. Oh, we got two this week in Carolina, but you're playing against that defense that is just having a hankering of wanting to hit you the last three years. You've been running your mouth. If it's actually you being quoted from a credible source, or if it's just kind of media throwing gas on the fire here, they are going to be ready. That coaching staff knows your tendencies, but Baker's in a whole new offense. Yes. They know his tendencies, what he likes to do. If it's rolling out right. And anytime there's pressure, we don't know because this is a different offense with different weapons and you will factually have Christian, Christian McCaffrey for the whole game. Just well, cause it's the first week he'll be gone by week four, but you will have him this, this game. He is a game changer. And I'm also going to take Carolina minus one and a half in the money line. Brown's coming down to Charlotte Baker's new home. They're going to be ready to hopefully ready to play for him. Looking at you, Robbie Anderson. That's the key for me is that I think if the Browns, I think it's very likely that the Browns are going to be very motivated in this game, probably as motivated as they will be in any game this year to win. I think that you can also say there's a very good chance that Carolina, if they respect Baker as a starter, are going to be equally as revved up and ready for yes. this game. If they're not, it could be bad. I, I just, I'm picking with my heart instead of my brain on this game. And I'm taking Carolina to cover to one and a half. I'm taking them to win outright. I have a fun Twitter $100 bet with a former professor of ours from Ohio Media School, Joe Van Horn, on Twitter. He's been talking that talk, so we're going to have some fun with that. Oh, boy. But I I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm going with my heart. I just think that Baker does enough to get it done in this game. And the Browns' offense was so bad in preseason. It didn't matter who was quarterback. It's preseason for a reason. I get that. But you, you you love to say this. You practice how you play. It's really hard, even at the NFL level, to just turn it on when the season starts, and especially against a good defense, that is Carolina. I Again, I'm, I'm going hard over brain. I'm saying Carolina 20, Browns 14. Well, with Jacoby Brissett, you, I also say this often. What have you done for me lately? You love that, too. That's right? another one of your words. You haven't done anything phrases. lately. We were, I was very high on him when he was – taking over reps for two and when they were kind of back and forth with them last year. And he just, he was horrific. He was horrible. Like my God, like NC state boy, go stay. But man, Jacoby, you could not get anything done. So why would that translate here? Yeah. I, I, Kevin Stefanski is a way better offensive play caller. 
coach, coordinator, whatever it may be. Then, then you had a Miami, but my God. I got almost like a clickbaity take for you, but I, I want you to tell me if I'm crazy or not. And if you people at home, I know we have quite a few Browns fans that are listening. Oh, of course, they're people, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Our best friends at home. I know a lot of you are Cleveland fans. Let me know if this is an absurd take in your in your eyes. I think that Sunday has the makings of being a one or the other extreme for the Browns season, where if the Browns lose that game, you will have the fan base, you will have that locker room, you will have anybody associated with the Cleveland Browns. Oh my God, no, here we go. Did we make a terrible, terrible mistake? Not even about the Baker Mayfield thing necessarily. It's just that if the team can't show up and get a win with all the emotion, all the talk, everything after this game, I could see them spiraling, having like a five and 12 season. Oh, yes. But I can also, on the flip, if they win this game, they have a very easy first four games of the year. They play against Mitch Trubisky. They play against another two scrub, Joe Flacco. Yep. And there's another one uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's a chance that they get to week 13. And if they are six and five, what's to stop Deshaun Watson coming in? If he can catch his feet faster than that offense, it's not impossible to think they go 10 and seven and sneak into the playoffs themselves. But that's, is that crazy to say that's how crazy or big this game is? No, that's not that's not crazy at all because, yeah, one game can be a, a huge domino effect. And it just feels emotional. Like, this is such an emotional yes. game. Who's it, are, who is it more emotional for, Baker or the Browns organization? Or the Browns as a whole? Because you have to include the fan base, like you said. We know how the Cleveland fan base is up here. They're not very too – they're not too patient. Don't like to see things pan out. So if they lose this, they're going to be having people's necks in the organization. An advantage to Baker Mayfield and Carolina, I believe, is that it's a much – like losing this is much more inconsequential. And by that, I mean Carolina fans are going to be just happy that they have Baker Mayfield. They're going to be patient with them. They're going to still root for them if they lose week one. If the Browns lose week one, it kind of – they're going to feel like almost a national joke for a little bit because everybody's going to be like Baker Mayfield really – played his old team after everything that went on. They basically said, we don't want you. We're going to take this guy with all this baggage. And if I, I that's why I, I think that there, it's much more high stakes if I'm the Cleveland Browns opposed to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield loses this game and plays dog shit. Yeah, maybe you start getting a little nervous. But if he if they lose this game and he even looks functional, you forget about it in three weeks if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. Easy as that. Move on to the next one. The Chicago Bears are hosting the San Francisco 49ers, where the Niners are six and a half point favorites, and the over under is set at 41 and a half. We don't know what the Bears are going to look like or what Trey Lance is going to look like, but I'm more confident in what the Kyle Shanahan product being put on the field is going to look like. They are better. San Fran is better than every category. They held on to most of their offense, offense. And yes, they did lose their main play caller to the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. But I still have a lot of confidence in what that offense will be able to put on the field and just shellack the Chicago Bears. George Kittle, most likely not playing in this game. If you don't know, maybe that's why no one wants to trade it to you yet, is because he's already out week one. That's just fine. I don't think that they're, this is going to be a repeat of last year in San Francisco where they were up really large against the Detroit Lions that kind of let them come back a little bit. No, I think the foot is on the gas early, often throughout the whole game. San Fran minus five and a half, minus six and a half, and their money line as well. 
I was just thinking as you were talking there, this was the same San Francisco team that walked into Chicago last year and struggled yeah. with Chicago. They struggled at times with Justin Fields and his athleticism. I also like the word you used in shellac because I think there's a real chance that this could be a shellacking for San Francisco over the Bears if two things don't happen. I think they both have to happen for this to stay relatively close. And that is Trey Lance has to be terrible. And I mean terrible. And Justin Fields has to get time. And if one of those things doesn't happen – then they will cover, and I think they will cover convincingly. I have San Francisco minus six and a half. I have them money line. I have it 28-17, but one of those games, it doesn't feel as close as the score might say at the end. I just, I, I'm praying I'm wrong. I just don't think Chicago is going to be able to do anything for Justin Fields. And I'm just petrified they're going to break the kid. They are. They have, they have no offensive line. You barely have any weapons. Nick Bosa is going to have a field day. With either tackle, hell, throw him on the inside. Make, make him fuck around with the guards in the center a little bit. I, Justin Fields is going to be running. Yeah, he needs to be athletic because that's all he's got right now. Yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval. Going to the Washington Commodores' first game as Washington with their brand-new quarterback, Carson Wentz. Also a nice little matchup here. Carson Wentz going up against his old head coach from the Philadelphia Eagles. Mr. Doug Peterson, Packer legend. I know I got to say that every time. I don't really have a pulse on any of these teams quite yet. Nothing really has been sticking out to me if it's outside of the unfortunate news of Brian Robinson. I haven't really heard too much out of Washington's camp from that. And Antonio Gibson being the main returner and not being on the, not being the number one running back. We really don't know what any of these teams are going to look like, but I'm taking the Washington Football team. I like that team. I like that name. It's so much better. It is. Remember, if we go back, what, a year year or two ago when they first came out, we were dogging them. But it, it, it grew on me. Yeah. It's kind of like in soccer overseas, it's the football club. It just sounds classy. The Washington football team. It sounds yeah. so much better than the commies. Yeah. Well, now you're sorting it like It's the that. Red Scare. Whoa. Sorry, I just keep adding communist jokes. Yeah, just, just chill out there. I'm taking Washington to win by – to win by a field goal, cover this, not a problem at all in their season opener with a new coach and a new name, or quarterback and a new name. My pick is more an indictment on Carson Wentz than it is a – I am confident that Jacksonville's really fixed all their problems. I'm going to take Jacksonville to win this game outright, so I have a plus two and a half in money line. And here's a call for you. I think that this is a game that Jacksonville gets a fourth-quarter score – and they're going to get a strip sack from rookie first-round pick Trayvon Walker to seal the game. I have it 20-16. to 16. Wow. Yep. Again, That's a Washington-Jacksonville score, too. It is. A, another gross one. Where, Good. Yeah. And uh, what is Carson Wentz? So it's time to uh, take command. I'm excited to get to work. Excited to uh, come in and compete. And, uh, you know, as we all know, excited to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. Your Vegas Raiders are heading to SoFi Stadium to face the Los Angeles Chargers, where those Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total set at 52-and-a-half. Vegas' first game with their new coach, their new weapon at wide receiver, Devontae Adams. J.C. Jackson expected to miss week one for your Chargers, so you know you love to see that. I mean, if you have Hunter Renfro on your fantasy team, I would start him because they're going to be trying to double up Devontae the whole time, so him and Darren Waller are going to be wide open. 
streaking down the field, butt-ass naked waiting for that ball to come. Don't know where they came out, but it just kind of did. Shout out to Deshaun Watson. Um, they're going to have their hands full of Khalil Mack. You're going to have Joey Bosa on that side. They're really going to test that O-line who's missing their star player that they let go in Alex Leatherwood. Bears legend. Go Bears. But this is going to be a shootout. I like this shootout a lot. We're testing both of these defenses. Justin Herbert, I think, is going to light up your defense. But don't sell the Vegas Raiders short. McDaniels has been waiting for his opening game as a head coach, not to be under the umbrella of Bill Belichick. Well, second time, I guess, since he came back from came back from uh, Denver, then was going to have the indie job and then dipped out of there last second, which was really good because then Andrew Luck retired. Regardless, I like the Raiders to win this game. Right, They're starting on. their season oh, off no. with a banger. I'm Stop. taking them to cover. I'm taking them to win. And give me that over because I know that the Chargers burned me last year on their overs early, and I gave up on them the rest of the year. The last six games the Chargers have been in, they've hit the over. Give me the Raiders, though, and that over 52 and a half. Ooh, don't make me feel things. I want you to. That's the, what I'm here for. The total of being 52 and a half is, in a weird way, the most encouraging thing for me. It's the most AFC West thing. It's very AFC West, yes. but I'm still so petrified of the idea that this offensive line is going to look very bad and very, very bad at points, especially against teams like this and a pass rush like this. If they have the number getting that high, they think that the Raiders are at least going to be able to, who knows, maybe hide deficiencies enough to score some points. I'm going with the Raiders to cover, but I do think the Chargers are going to get a little revenge for week 18 last year and win by a field goal, whether that be last second or not. It's going to be 80% Raiders fans as every game in LA is. And I love that. It's the, it's like awesome that the Raiders still have such a firm hold in Los Angeles, but even beyond that, I'm just praying that the defense looks functional. I, the chargers are always going to score points. I'm just hoping that they look respectable with the additions of Chandler Jones, Rocky Hassan. We'll see the G men. There you go are traveling to Tennessee five and a half point underdogs though total is set at 43 and a half I feel a little weird smell about this game Steven I like it I have not only the Giants to cover five and a half this is going to be your outright big upset of the week I think that they're going to give us that upset of week one and the fans they're going to give them hope I mentioned there's a new lease on life with the offense We'll see if that continues beyond week one. But this is going to also suck every bit of hope out of Tennessee fans. Mike Vrabel is going to have to put on a brave face because this team is going to be bad. I think that you're going to have calls for Malik Willis by October, and it all starts on Sunday. And the Giants get it done, plus five and a half money line. Wandale Robinson, big game in his rookie debut. Book it. Tennessee just lost one of their best players in Harold Landry. We were just talking about it. Bud do preseason? No, I, I doubt it. Uh, there's really nothing that we can back on the Giants to really win this game. But I also have them covering the five and a half with the money line. And this is something. Wow, you have them too? Let's go. Let's, let's get it, baby. So this that is, also makes me really nervous. <laughs> yes. But this is one thing that I think goes untalked about. Like, and these first, these first game, first couple games, we don't know what these teams look like. Yes, they're running preseason. Yes, it's going to be a little bit different, and they don't fully open up the playbook for these teams. 
But you got Brian Dayball. You got a fully healthy Saquon Barkley for at least a game. He's the uh, for at least a game. Yeah, just like CMC, you bust them together. We at least have him for a game. Um, we'll see if Kenny Galladay doesn't want to be as stiff as a mannequin as you've been hearing out of the, out of the off season here. But they have that new. They have the unnecessary confidence, right? They don't. They have confidence, but why? Why does New York have this confidence? Because they haven't played anyone yet. And that's going to spill over in this game. They're going to get a little cocky. And I think that they're going to give the Titans a problem. And everyone's going to kind of realize, oh, shit, this is not the tendency of last year, even if they do have Derrick Henry running that. King Henry, Will King Henry, don't worry. But Danny Dimes coming in. Lead the G-Men to the victory in the opening game of their season. Run it together, bud. That scares me. I really was hoping that you had, like, Tennessee minus five and a half. The fact that we both have – Giants plus five and a half and money line. That means that Tennessee will win that game like 34 to 17. You know it. They will not. Kansas City open up a five and a half point favorites visiting the Arizona Cardinals in the total set at 53 and a half. Patrick Mahomes takes his Chiefs to the to Phoenix to face his former college coach. I love these. I feel like I feel like all week these are matchups of someone playing their old team, Joe Flacco. Big oh, we've, we've got a few more coming up, too, that are exactly. really big to end this. Exactly. Oh, man. Football this week is – dude, this is such game. a great week one. Can we pause for one second just to mention – you just said it. This is as – and I say this every year. This is no surprise. But this is as excited for week one as I can remember being. Some of these matchups, it's like we've been building them up all off season yep. without even realizing that we were building them up for week one. Just week one. Sorry, but please continue. Kansas City minus five and a half on the road in Phoenix. Pat Mahomes against Cliff Kingsbury, the old college duo of coach and quarterback. Arizona has no D hop. Mm-hmm. We know that this defense has lost a couple pieces in Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks. You can even throw in Jordan Phillips in there. And they have a rough cornerback room right now. Mahomes is going to feast on this Arizona Cardinals team. And I'm interested to see what that offense looks like with new toys and Juju Smith. You also you also get to add in Marquez Valdez Scanling and a couple of rookies that people are high on uh, and Isaiah Spiller as well as Sky Moore. I'm taking the over with this as well. Give me Kansas City five and a half and their money line. This isn't going to be a competition. You know, it scares me. Like that last game that we're both on minus five and a half for the Giants. This opened as three and a half when well, I started looking at this, I believe on Tuesday. And it's jumped all the way to five and a half in the last 48 hours. Either America is insane and way too high on Kansas City or perhaps too low on Arizona or Vegas is way criminally overselling what Arizona is. I'm praying it's that. I'm saying 34 to 20. I I think that Kansas City isn't going to miss a beat. I don't think you're going to notice Tyreek Hill missing that often in this game, at least minus five and a half in money line. I have them both, which leads us to your boys. Look at that. By the way, that is such a clean. I love the color of that Packers uh, hoodie here. He has on, but the Packers are going to Minneapolis where they will be one and a half point favorites on the road against the Vikings total 47 and a half. You have the Vikings winning the division. Do you have them winning this game on Sunday? I do. I have them at plus one and a half. I have them taking their money line. The Vikings, they have a new coach. They have a new offense that's going to open up a lot more touches to the players that they need to, a.k.a. Justin Jefferson. They also got Jalen Rieger here. They have a solid 
Is that what we were saying room. that's good? Jalen Rieger? We're, we're pumping as, that up? As up? a fourth option, absolutely. Well, I mean, sure, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I uh, guess yeah, so. Yeah, it's cool. I was just curious. Jalen Rager, we're, that's the, what's going to push us over the edge. You would like Jalen Rager as your third or fourth option because it's a steep drop-off. No, I, I want Nelson Aguilar back. That's who I want. They're the same person. No, they're not. Nelson Aguilar is elite. Anyways, please continue. Yeah, thank you for us brutally interrupted here. <laughs> Like I was saying before, they have clearly the best offense in the division. They have the best weapons in the division. We'll see what that defense is looking like. But Green Bay's defense on their end has been getting, getting a lot of hype coming out of camp that we're not going to be able to see until this game here. What will Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay offense look like? Sounds like Alan Lazard's already missing his first game this season. Awesome. Because Sammy Watkins is the other guy, and you know he's going to miss games. The Vikings have had the Packers numbered over the last four years. Kirk Cousins has a winning record against Green Bay. Only one in the division to do it because it's, come on, it's Detroit and Chicago. You know they're not going to have a winning record against Aaron Rodgers, let alone Green Bay, for probably the, the whole time the NFL is going to be running. I don't see Minnesota changing or missing a beat and, and being able to beat Green Bay this time around. Opens up in Minnesota. They kick it off of the NFC North division game to get them right there, a, a game up in the division. I don't like it, but give me Minnesota with the money line and the spread. Yeah, I didn't mean to rattle you. Your dog was just trying to eat my computer. So, anyways, we're going into the Minnesota game. Got our mascot back up here. I also have Minnesota plus one and a half in the money line, and I kind of feel like an idiot doing this because you would have a better idea if there's, like, an actual number out there. But it feels like the Packers always play a division rival in week one. And it feels like they it's always, always the win. It always, they always win, though. And they're always undersold on the spread. Where I remember a few years ago, I think it was the Sunday night game to start the year. The Bears were like three and a half point favorites. And I think the Packers won like 14 to six or 14 to three. Yeah, something ugly and horrible. And it's just like you knew what, going into that game they were going to win because the Packers don't lose the division opponents in the start of the year. Minnesota is the team that's been the Achilles heel to the Packers, though, of late. Kirk Cousins, I believe, is 500 against him since he's got there. I have the Vikings winning in overtime. So I have them plus one and a half, and I have them on the money line as well. But I don't think this is a big deal if you're a Packer fan. You're bummed out week one, but this is nothing to get panicked about, which you know fans will get panicked about. You know, we were so close to being able to knock this out without having you on here, but it's, it's going to be a it's, it's going to be a fun, nice addition to the ones that are watching us here. The Tampa Bay Bucks in a rematch of the opening game of last year goes to Dallas this time against the Dallas Cowboys, where the Bucks open up as two and a half point favorites, over under set at fifty and a half. The battle of the hampered offensive lines, as I like to call it here. You have been hearing the boys hate for me all off season. All they've done is signed a declining air, um, Anthony Barr. He signed a 40-year-old left tackle and the MVP from the XFL. Is that even the up, most up-to-date football league that this guy hey, he in? Didn't he score? I think he had two returns. He had a punt, a punt and return, a kick, and a kick in return. In the same game. So I'm excited game. to see him. I'm excited to see him. And it's a preseason card is what I'm pulling on this. And, that, and that's but fair. It's fair. Honestly, it, it, is, it is very impressive because – Preseason or not, we've never seen that happen. Maybe a couple times here and there, but it's. I also feel like it, it's maybe it's, tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like special teams is much more, I, I guess, similar from preseason to regular season 
because that's where these guys are trying to earn those 53. Yeah. I know you're trying to earn your job playing offense or defense too, but that, it's, that's a sure thing. Yeah. Realistically, special teams is how, if you're a cuss player, how you can really get yourself on. So uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Going back real quick, J- J- uh, Jason Peters, Jalen Rieger, <laughs> Jalen Rieger, geez. Jason Peters, when he was especially in Philadelphia, he looked like the coolest creative Madden player ever. He's got all the vi- – he's got the visor. He's got yep. the cool face mask. He's got a million pads, tape, everything on his hands. I'm really wanting to see him make it be on the practice squad. I want to see him get into a game because I want to see him in that creative Madden player in a Dallas uniform. I think it'd be sick. I'm going to go, though, with the Tampa Bay minus two and a half in the money line. Like Las Vegas, my biggest thing is can Tampa's line hold up? We don't know. I I don't know about all year, but I think they're going to be able to hold up well enough in this game to win and cover. I have the score 31 to 24, but I'm not really sold on this game. It's a game that if it was up to me, I probably would steer clear of. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Well, you know that the defense of the Cowboys are not going to put up the numbers that they did last year, being the turnover Kings led by Travion Diggs, that's not going to happen again. Dude's not going to have 14 interceptions. Turnover luck beyond, like, it was absurd last year with Dallas. Diggs was the, gave up the most amount of yards when it was a single coverage last year. It was like over 1,100 yards. So, yeah, you could turn the ball over, but he's the definition of bending and breaking. <laughs> Bend don't break, but then he, happen, he happens to break a lot. I was going to say, he's like basically – his only breaking is on the ball or yeah. Or Kendrick Bourne takes it 75 yards. What the play after he had a pick six the and he was play after he has a pick six. Exactly. Just gets burned. Elite corner. That was the best to seeing people on Twitter start trying to just because of those. And again, it, it takes skill to turn the ball over, but when that is all you're good at and you're getting torched play after play, I, I just, Whatever. Like, Beyond yeah, it, I'm done. Yeah, I know Brett Favre has a lot of touchdowns. He also has a lot of interceptions. It's it's kind of like the trajectory he wants to be on if that's what people are th- – well, he has all these interceptions. If cool, you he give gave up, up the most, <laughs> He gave up the most amount of yards in single coverage last yeah, year. Yeah, if so. you're giving up like 70-plus percent completion percentage when guys are covering you, I don't care how many times but it's cool you he, get a pick. But it's cool he got 14 interceptions and we lost to San Francisco in the first round. Denver minus six and a half. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. At Seattle, the total is 44 and a half. The Monday night game. The Monday night game. They're starting off hot with some hot, hot garbage. Well, here's the it's the revenge aspect we were talking about. Why, Seattle why is would you not going put the to Browns. Why would you not put the Browns Panthers Monday night? Well, I'd rather watch the Jets. Ravens Monday night, almost a foul or almost a uh, Flacco. I'll be interested to see if Pete Carroll in that city warmly respond to Russell Wilson being back, or if this is going to be a very emotional game. I'm going with Geno Smith, my guy. Broncos aren't that good. They will win, but I think it's going to be a tight one. I have another Swami score for you: twenty-three to twenty-one. Seattle plus six and a half. Denver money line, and that wraps it up for me. For my picks, who do you have in that game? So what we were talking about is even though Baker is pretty new on there, maybe he'll have the emotion of his teammates in Carolina to play hard for him. I feel 100% that way about Russell and the Broncos organization. 
Now, Russ is bringing a way better aspect to the game than what Baker is bringing, being a Super Bowl winning quarterback, playoffs nonstop, never had a losing year in his career outside of last year. The dude is just a perfectionist in Russell Wilson. That's funny. Mr. Uh, no, no, never had a losing year except for last year. I always love hearing that. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Sorry that you're used to having losing years all the time. And you can you can count on one hand the winning seasons you've had in your lifetime. Anyway, I think Russ is going to play with a lot of emotion. He's coming. He's going to his old his old stomping grounds, and I think that he is going to do just that and just stomp them into the ground. Show them what they're missing out on. What have they done defensively there in Seattle? I'm not really sure. What have he done offensively? You got Drew Locke and Geno Smith battling for a quarterback job that Geno inevitably won. Even well on your end, I, I wanted Drew Locke to win. Give me Denver minus six and a half. Give me the Denver money line. I am taking that to the bank. What do you have to say? I was in a wait because I didn't want because that'll she is scoffing at you right now. <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't want to get the the breath in the mic instead of me talking. But what'd you ask me? Sorry, I lost it. I do want to ask, I do want to ask you this if I can remember it now all of a sudden. Oh, I wasn't gonna ask you anything. I was going to tell you that this news story had came out that the reason that Russell Wilson ended up being traded to the Broncos is because when was it John Snyder was getting or dance, whatever. One of the Snyders over there was getting a lot of calls for the trades. He was kind of shutting it down. But the reason that he ended up going through with Denver is because he wanted Drew Locke to be that starting quarterback. What do you think about that? I think it's hilarious. I mean, I, I as well. I mean, they also decided to move on from Bobby Wagner this year. They, they've lost a couple key pieces. I'm not worried about a delusional owner trying to believe in a guy that's singing put on for my city on his sideline and that's his career highlight i i'm not worried about it that's my final point on it for you okay which I, means your segment you wanted to do yes it's back prop lock and drop it this is where we're gonna pick one prop bet for the week this is where we're gonna give you one game one bet to stay away from and this is where we're going to have one lock bet. We're guaranteeing that it's going to hit of the games we just talked about, whether it be a total, whether it be a spread, money line, what have you. With that being said, Stephen, give us your prop lock and drop. My prop for this week, and we're going to start it off with a Thursday night game. I'm going to put Dawson Knox, the newly extended tight end for the Buffalo Bills, to be the first touchdown scorer. I'm taking that at plus 1,200. Mm-hmm. My lock of the week, my absolute lock of the week, Miami Dolphins minus two and a half. I I truly can stand by that. I think that Miami is going to beat the brakes off of New England and just kind of send Bill Belichick back on that plane, scratching his head and going back to to square one. Like, all right, we need to go back to the drawing board. What the hell do we need to do different? For my drop for the week, even though I'm confident Minnesota is going to win, I'm gonna I'm taking I'm taking that game out. Maybe that way you can root too and feel really good if they win and not worry about it. Yeah, well, that too. Uh, I know what's coming, though. Like you said, Kirk Cousins is the only quarterback with a four, with a 500 record in the division, and I would love to see that against Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure there's obviously better. Anyone who plays quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers is way better. I want to stay away from that game simply because of the emotional implications and because we really don't know what Green Bay is going to look like or what Minnesota is going to look like. Maybe they're both dumpster fires this year, to start off at least. Prop. I mentioned Allen Robinson early. Yes, you did. Now, what was it? Over 62 and a half yards on the Thursday night opener tomorrow. 
I feel really good about it. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he leads the Rams in receiving yards. I know Cooper Cup was somewhere in that neighborhood of 94 and a half. I think Allen Robinson is going to hover right around there as well. I think people are going to undervalue how special he can be. You saw how important it was for Matthew Stafford last year to make Cooper Cup feel at home and to feel a part of that offense. I think it happens again with Robinson. I'm very confident in that. I'm actually going to probably put two or three units on that. And then my lock, I have San Francisco minus six and a half at Chicago. Told you guys I'm a diehard Bears fan now. Regrettably, I don't see it. In my house, Walter. I don't see it week one. So San Francisco minus six and a half, regrettably. Hopefully I'm wrong. Justin Fields is the man. Drop New Orleans in Atlanta. I don't, I can't emphasize enough how little <laughs> I will be paying attention to this game. I'm sick of it already. This is the game you go back, you watch the 10 minute condensed YouTube game of it on Monday so that you know what happened. So you could see what happened. You studied the box score, but my eyes can't afford to watch that for three hours. So that is without a doubt my drop. And with that, it's going to bring us to an end, another end of an episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down. And of course, Twitter, down underscore loss. Shout out to all of our sponsors, tabbies.com. Make sure you use promo code football for 20% off that first order, as well as free shipping and abbyturnercreative.com. Make sure to check her out on uh, Instagram at Saladad and Sapphire. Wally, I got you for another day. We get to watch this game together, man. I'm pretty pumped. Any parting words to the fans? Yes, I actually, if you give me two minutes today with you, because I have a couple questions I want to ask you. First of all, congratulations to Emmanuel Sanders on his retirement. He retired today, went and signed with Denver. I feel like a lot of people forgot about how special those Denver teams were, especially in the early Peyton Manning years with him. Yep. I mean, he was really the guy that helped make that offense explosive. Everybody what about what about, was he like in uh, Pittsburgh too? Yeah, was absolutely. It? I mean, he was, uh, I mean, realistically, he was great everywhere. I didn't get to see him a lot in New Orleans, but again, very, very good career. It was exciting to watch him play. But my two notes for you is, first of all, I'll go with the one that's tr- more trivial. Labor Day and Memorial Day, they both occur on Mondays. Why don't we make that a Friday instead? I'd rather have the three-day week on that end because otherwise, if you're getting buckled on a Monday, I feel like it's just like sets you back the whole rest of the week. At least if it's Friday, you have all week that like leading up to. Let me stop you there. If you're a man, you take PTO on Friday, get a four-day weekend. Next. Well, why don't you just take it on a Tuesday so you can get buckled on Monday? And then recover talk, Tuesday. Talk about talk about a week going to shit. You're gonna come back for three days. I just think you make this Friday. But it's back to back four day weeks. That's what's gonna. Hook if you, you up take with. the PTO. Yeah, on a Friday, right? Because you work Monday I, through Thursday. I I, I like that Tuesday. idea a lot. But let's say that PTO is out of the line. Would you prefer Monday or Friday for those days? Monday. Monday sucks. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I'm out of it. Then the whole day Tuesday, you think it's Monday when typically when it's for me, when I get to work Tuesday, I think it's Wednesday, like 80% of the time. All right. You know, maybe I'm wrong here. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. I know my sister laughed in my face too. So clearly I'm in the minority, at least from the people I've talked to so far. Over two. My last, last thing, which is not an offer. It's an exciting thing for me. Did you have a chance to read the ESPN story about Devontae Adams and Derek Carr's relationship? No, I did not want to. I'm still I'm still struggling. Apparently, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, while at Fresno State, went white water, water rafting in Sierra Nevada, almost died. 
And that's why they have such a close bond that had they decided not to go whitewater rafting 10 odd years ago, he'd still be in green Bay. He could be in green Bay and I would be depressed probably with like staring at my Henry Ruggs Jersey in my garage or, or we would have taken another Alex Leatherwood with the first and second picks this year. Instead opposed to that butterfly effect, butterfly effect. Great movie. Now the Raiders are going to go 17 and 0 unscored upon. It's all great. We're loss of down. This is over. Raiders. Oh, Paco, baby, get your cheese curds.